0: Welcome to the Intentional Clinician Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Krauss, Licensed Professional Counselor. The Intentional Clinician is all about demystifying the topics of counseling and psychology and talking about how to apply concepts found in those to our everyday life. In a sense, I will be talking mental health as a fundamental part of living a vibrant and full life. I will touch on philosophy, sociology, and many other topics, But I aim to do it from a down-to-earth perspective and I hope to share my gift of making the topics of psychology, philosophy, and mental health practical and useful for your life. I don't want to use a bunch of pie-in-the-sky lofty and obtuse language to describe about some optimal existence that only a few can ascribe to. I want to get down and dirty and really help anyone who may be listening. As they say, everything begins with a story. So throughout this first podcast, I'm going to be touching on a little bit of my story so you can understand me and a little bit about why I'm doing this podcast and how I became a licensed professional counselor. Since I was about six years old, I lived in a motel that my parents owned. And living in that motel until I was about 18... I had a lot of interesting experiences and was able to meet people from all walks of life, going through all sorts of things. And I had to learn to talk to them. I had to answer the phone at the motel. I had to answer the door at the motel, check people in, help clean rooms, talk to guests. And it was a small motel in a small town in Michigan, uh, outside of the capital city. And I learned a lot of things That I did not learn in school, just from talking to people and getting to know them. And I learned that no matter what people's background and how much money they had or what country they were from or what state they were from. People had a lot of things in common. People were very concerned with relationships. Um, That's often why they were staying in our motel. They were coming to visit somebody. People were concerned... um, with meaning. People were on some sort of quest. They were coming to the university for some reason that was nearby. They were coming to visit a long lost friend. Um, maybe they were studying something. And we were, they were just staying with us for a while. They were on a trip across the United States. And I just learned to really trust people in a sense. Not trust everybody. Obviously, living in a motel, there were many circumstances in which we had to keep our guard up and be careful about who was staying with us and for how long. But I just learned a lot about people and a lot of ways to relate to people and not to be afraid of people based on their looks. Most of the time I assume something about somebody, I was wrong. Um, And when you really get to know people's stories, it can really humanize them and you'll learn from it learning from different people, so that was part of my background. Um, I also had a lot of confusion growing up in my life. I I will get into that probably more later, it's a very personal story, but just because of what was happening with my parents and their lives and where we lived, um, I didn't really understand a lot about why I did the things I did, thought the things I thought, and I didn't understand a lot about psychology and behavior. So of course, later on in my life, I ended up studying psychology in college. I'd switched from uh, being an education major. I tried to do my major in psychology, but um, it was a lot of money, so I just graduated with a minor in psychology and then went on to grad school because I had an education degree already. So I'll get more into my story, but I want to talk a little bit about transformation. Because no matter who you are, or where you are living, and what's going on in your life, a lot of people want to change. They want to change what's going on circumstantially. They want to change what is going on inside. They want to feel differently. And I know that counseling and psychology can help people feel better. But what I'm really interested in, besides all of that, is transformation going through a thorough and dramatic change in former appearance is really the definition and I, I love talking about this because it is so exciting to know that you can change I can barely recognize myself from the way I used to talk and act and behave 10 years ago or even 15 years ago or even last year I was I'm always transforming even as a counselor I have seen so many people transform their lives. And it brings me so much joy to talk about this and spread the message that you can transform too. You do not have to keep living the way you're living. Your circumstances may still be difficult. You may still have the same difficulties with families and things we can't change, but there are so much that you can change. And I believe transformation begins with understanding, understanding yourself And a lot of the understanding can come through psychology, self-reflection, philosophy, spirituality. Yet you really have to start with the self. Um, Aristotle said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. I had to know myself before I could change and transform. And continually, if I want to grow, I have to check in with myself, my true feelings, and what is happening beneath the surface of the circumstances I'm going through at a time. Um... Obviously, it's also very helpful to know others and to really get to know other stories and to really truly listen. But I I often find that if we don't know ourselves, uh, we, we are putting up some sort of lens or some sort of filter and we're not really able to listen to other people. Um, we're assuming they're thinking like we do, um, in some odd way or we aren't believing what they're saying, um. And I think that's part of the growth and maturation process, but um, that's why I believe starting with the self is so important, and I don't believe it's self-indulgent to know yourself, because if you do know yourself, then you can learn to listen to others, and you can change, and if you change, you can affect so many other lives in such a good way, and you may not choose to do things with your life that are harmful to others and the people around you. So a little bit about myself. I'm just gonna tell little fragments of stories because I'm not gonna tell my life story in a podcast. But sometimes if we we have coffee together, I definitely will. So (laughs) I don't want this to be a four hour podcast. So here's a little snippet. Um, I remember sitting uh, in my history class at the age of 15 and I had this epiphany. It just like hit me like like I'd run into a wall of bricks I didn't like my school. I didn't like myself. I had this urge to be creative and to learn music and and art and these things, but I didn't know how to discipline myself to practice. And I was having a lot of problems with that. And I was upset um, with my inability to have relationships I wanted, of course, being a heterosexual male, uh, wanting to date girls my age and having problems with that. And just problems with friendships um, in general, I had friends, but uh, some of the friends I had w- weren't really nice to me, and I, I didn't know how to put up boundaries because I wanted everyone to like me. Um, and so I remember thinking, okay, I've got to do something. I've got to do something, and this and this feeling came up within me, and it was many, many feelings really, but... Uh, anger, power, um, desperation, and I knew something needed to happen, but I was stuck in my life i even though I was learning to listen to people's stories uh, at the motel, and I loved hearing what other people had to say, and I loved reading books and I loved you know, listening to documentaries, I had some sort of weird, distorted belief that. Uh, other people could change, and other people could be great, and other people could do all these things, but I somehow couldn't. Well, that is what they call low self-esteem. That is a story I was telling myself that I couldn't be one of those people that I was, you know, looking up to. I I couldn't be like um, the mentors in my life, the teachers in my life. I couldn't be like the people I met that inspired me or the people I'd heard about or read about. I was, I was screwed. I was doomed to some sort of fate of being this person who never had a voice. So I was sure that something needed to change. And so I just started to work really hard. I had always worked hard in school, but I didn't really know why. I think I was just trying to please people or get approval or something. And I started to change. I said, Mom and Dad, I want to transfer to this other school. I don't like this school that I'm in. I don't like what's happening here socially. I don't um, like the location and many other things. So I researched and I found a school of choice in my area. It was a great high school uh, that I transferred to a public school. Uh, and I started to take the classes I wanted. I I was determined to to do something. I didn't know if I could ever change, but I I wanted so desperately to be different. So I read books. I began taking piano and voice lessons. I was terrified of some certain social situations. I had some sort of social anxiety I wasn't really sure about, but I pushed myself into so many situations um, socially and made many friends, even though I was terrified the whole time. And lo and behold, as I did a lot of these things and I learned how to discipline myself in practice at the age of 15 and 16, even, it was a hard time to learn how to be disciplined in practice. A lot of kids my age already had known since they were little, um, and maybe because their parents had disciplined them and held them very much accountable or or whatever that they they knew how to do these things and i didn't i was having to kind of do it my way due to various circumstances i so you know when you're learning something later in life you feel a little delayed and really you are delayed and sometimes it takes a little longer to to learn how to do these things um and so i i had success i really got to do a lot of the things i wanted to do i made great friends i flourished academically i learned how to play piano and sing and write songs and that's a whole nother story and i still do that um i had people wanting me to come work for them at their business i was offered jobs i had a lot of jobs which is another topic probably like 16 jobs uh, all short term uh many many things went well even, even slightly in the dating realm, um, things were getting better. But um, even though I had this strong resiliency and I was pushing myself, I had never done any inner work, so to speak. Um, I'd never really reflected too much on my life through journaling or counseling or anything. And I didn't know myself. And so even though I was doing well, I, I had these awful bouts. I didn't get diagnosed, of course, but uh, with... Uh, anxiety and depression uh, in early college and uh, there were issues in my life that haunted me that I just tried to push out of my mind. I didn't know what else to do so I just made it up as I went along and I didn't know how to ask for help and you don't know what you don't know so I never went to a counseling office. I didn't do any of that and I had several years of these peaks and valleys where things were going well but in my life because I was working so hard, but I was working myself to the bone and I had terrible social consequences and awful choices I started to make. And even though I had changed and I had a lot of skills, um, there were areas I didn't know how to change. I didn't understand relationships. I didn't know how to calm down when I was anxious. I didn't know how to get out of depression. And um, I had a lot of poor coping skills. Our culture in America is full of terrible coping skills. Um, You know, we we have addictions everywhere, coffee, alcohol, food, parties, distractions, the internet, media, you name it, it's everywhere, buying stuff. Um, I didn't have money, so I wasn't really buying stuff, but anyway, um, it wasn't until I finally got into counseling when I was, I think, 23 years old that I finally learned that it wasn't just about white-knuckling change and Hard work, although that's a huge part of it. It was delving deep and listening and learning what wise teachers had said for thousands of years from all different traditions and really being honest with yourself and not just trying to achieve the American dream or achieve highly in the academic cool world or achieve in the artistic bohemian underground or whatever, these were all places I had gone, or achieved socially, or achieved by dating the hottest girl, or whatever stupid ideas I was trying to do at that time. Um, In counseling, there was a space with my counselor who wasn't judging me, and I told her everything. And I told her about my family, and I told her about these things that haunted me, and bad decisions, and bad coping skills. And, um, you know, I... Basically, had a space to make peace with my family story, to understand my half of the responsibility in, re- in friendships and dating relationships, to get to know myself, and to start having compassion on myself so that I could change, to free myself from easy answers and dive into the psyche of myself, and the psyche is also known as the soul. Understand more about religion and spirituality. I was taught as a child and all the confusion of the churches and things and what it meant to me now. Uh, I started learning how to tolerate ambiguity. Um, I started learning how to give up control to get rid of my ego and to understand that your ego can run you and that it can run you ragged and cause all sorts of problems if you don't give it, um, if you don't stop listening to it all the time. Uh, Finding ways of working smarter, not harder. Um, learning to work on small things and be intentional, the Intentional Clinician, of course, the name of this podcast, to be able to focus on things and follow through one task at a time. So even practical things, it wasn't just this philosophical awakening. It was practical things, too, that I learned from counseling. Um, And and finally believing in my self-esteem starting, you know, this is a lifelong battle, but my self-esteem starting to come up and say, Wow, I maybe I could be a person that people respected and came to for help, and I could help people. Uh, my self-esteem began getting better. I learned to let my ego die and not worry about what people were thinking of me. And I learned that I had a habit of judging people and judging myself, and I learned to give that up and not judge others using mindfulness and other skills. I learned to think critically and more deeply uh, without a bunch of my biases and traps from my culture and from you know different things I had learned uh, I learned to have relationships and after about you know healthy relationships I should say after about two years in therapy I met the woman I would someday marry um and then I had this thought I said wait a minute so I did all of these things I read all of these books I worked countless nights. I practiced music. I had a band. We were somewhat successful. We did all these things. I tried to make myself cool. I tried fashion. I tried working out. I tried, you know, smoking. I tried all these things you do in college that are completely ridiculous to feel better. And I had to just sit on a couch, pay someone money which, you know, I, I was like, oh, paying them money, oh my god, I'm just talking to them, what is going on, That nothing's happening, and all of a sudden, <laughs> a couple sessions later, I felt so much better, I was like, wait, I'm feeling better, so I sat on a couch and talked to somebody and reflected a little bit in a journal, learned a few skills, and the next thing I know, there's this giant snowball effect of good things in my life. I'm not saying that my life circumstances suddenly became magical, and I took some sort of pill, and I was dancing around with glee all the time, and you know, picking flowers in a meadow and, you know, painting pictures with my girlfriend. You know, it was, my life wasn't peachy, but I knew how to handle myself. I had confidence. I had self-esteem. I was overcoming adversity. I was coping with things. I wasn't just looking for easy answers. Our culture, of course, bombards us with that, that there's an easy answer for everything. Just call now and pay 1995. But i I realized that there are no easy answers. Uh, there's always a trade-off. There's always a cost. There's always something going on behind that answer. So I paid someone money to talk and sit with me. And I transformed. I was, I had the space and that was counseling. Uh, Now I felt better after about, you know, three to six sessions. And I was like, wow, I'm feeling so much better. I've learned some skills already, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to keep going. I I really want to transform. So I actually stayed for 2 years in counseling my first time. Um and I'll tell you what. It was one of the best investments I've ever made because it changed completely who I was. People have said to me, I didn't I don't even know who you are anymore. And and that and that's in a good way. Let me tell you. Um so whatever you're going through, I, I'm you know, as a person listening to this podcast, I'm not going to tell you how great my life is all the time. I still have problems. I still have struggles. I still have bad circumstances. Um, I'm with you in suffering, and and I and I can also be with you in the good times. And I've been through both. Um, I I've luck been lucky enough to be financially poor most of my life, and I've also gone through a period where I was very doing great financially. Um, so I know what it's like, and that's that's good. I believe any good counselor can learn empathy for people's situations and pain, but it is another thing to understand how money affects us, um, both the lack of money and the abundance. I've, I've had both. and um, So when I was talking to my friend about making this podcast, and I was excited to talk all about these topics of depression and anxiety and mindfulness, and I even already recorded a podcast, which you'll hear later, about the evidence... Uh, behind why counseling works and all these scientific articles and he said you know what paul you you really you know what people want is they want to hear your story they want to have honesty and authenticity um so tell them tell them what you know and so that's what i'm doing today um you know so whatever you've gone through you know as, as a counselor in my office i i don't just tell people about my life. I, I, I listen for their life. I give them space. I don't want to bring myself into it except as a counselor and as a guide and as a teacher and as a fellow human to humanize them and help them learn and help them see compassion for themselves and others so that they can actually move into change and have that therapeutic relationship. But in this podcast, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you about my stories. I'm going to tell you as patients, I have been through those breakups. I have been depressed. I have been suicidal. I have had anxiety. I have had terrible grief and people die. I have been through traumatic experiences and had symptoms that were awful. I've had bad experiences with alcohol and other things experimenting in my college years in different times. Um, you know, I'm I'm not some perfect, person sitting on a hill that didn't have anything bad happen to them and decides to come down and help people that are suffering. I suffer. I've suffered. I will continue to suffer. But I believe that with the right tools, with help, with support, with community, with all these things we'll we'll get into in this this podcast, that you can change. You can transform. You don't have to just feel awful. You don't have to have low self-esteem. You don't have to have this major depressive episode obviously there's biological factors. Sometimes people have a major depression episode because they're lacking vitamin D or magnesium in their diet and these things can happen or they have seasonal affective, and all these other factors. But in general, your mind is such an amazing organ and so resilient and it can heal. And we'll get into neurobiology later and epigenetics and gene expression and things I've learned about in science. But just talking to you as a person trust me i've done this research and there's so many more people that are smarter than me that are doing research that i'm reading all the time um coming out of ucla and other places and they've learned that the mind can change in so many ways and that you can recover from everything from major depression to ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder other things like that so and so i've been there i've i've gone through these things um I haven't maybe gone. I haven't maybe had all the bad things that have happened to you, and I haven't, you know, been suffering from PTSD for four or five years or something like maybe that's happened to you. But I've I've been through things that are similar, so I can empathize with you, and and I know what it's like to be in that position, and I also know what it's like to get the help you need. So that's I'm being that's what I'm being honest about. So I I'm gonna touch on a little bit more of the magic pill and get back to my life and then talk about counseling here so um there are so many things in america we spend our money on frivolously each year uh, secretly hoping it will change our life advertising and marketing culture is great at this this is literally the formula um there's a magic pill for everything there's the right deodorant there's the right smell there's the right furniture there's the right car there's the right house there's the right bicycle, there's the best computer, there's the best phone, there's the best phone watch, there's the best phone watch Fitbit, there's the ankle bit, I don't know, self-care products. Uh, there's the best media subscriptions coming into your home, there's the best food, there's the best products for your home, there's the best products to clean your home with. Um, while of course all of these things on their own are not bad and they can help us in many ways, they not all of them are investing in you as a person. A lot of it, our culture is based on consumerism and just consuming stuff and things. Stuff cannot transform us. Stuff cannot change us. Sure, a nice neck pillow on the plane will help you maybe get a few Zs, but it's not going to change your life. Books and movies and music, I do believe as products, can uh, can really help us grow as people. And of course, food can change uh, our health. But real long-term growth and transformation cannot come from just consuming the correct items or having the magic formula. Actual transformation and lasting change occurs from an investment in yourself, whether that be through counseling, through working out, through journaling, through uh, community groups, through group therapy, Uh, whatever it is, there's so many things I'll get into later, reading books, um, writing, getting mentorship, education, um, becoming an apprentice in some sort of craft, Lasting change occurs from continual investment in yourself and therefore giving you the strength and the will and the knowledge and the wisdom to invest in others. So I'm not going to keep ranting against consumerist culture. This is where I live. And of course, I like like everyone else. I've bought things I don't need. Uh, But Gandhi says, be the change you want to be in the world. And I think that's important for all of us to when we're upset about how things are going in politics and in, in our country. and. Um, other things, to really just be that change you want to be in the world and live it. Live what you want to be different. So, um, let me get into a, little, a few more things, a little bit about my life and and the field of counseling and then uh, give you some tools here at the end. So, in my life, uh, right now, I, I work my best to be content and grateful, and I am, uh, but I'm never satisfied with my own growth. I do want to keep growing. I am almost 35 now. I've been in the field for about 10 years, but I, I still want to grow. I remember as a college age person wondering why so many adults I knew seemed to find some story or some sort of mode of thinking that worked for them and then all of a sudden close themselves off from new information. Um, a lot of times, you know, You'll hear college-age people talking to their parents, and their parents are like, "Well, you don't know how the real world works, you young idealist. Uh, that can't work, and that's not true." And da 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 And we've all had those conversations, or we've heard of that. But uh, you know, in some ways, some people get stuck in time and in habits, and that can be restricting. Um, I don't care what the information is about, whether it's music or or climate change or uh, learning that. Uh, certain groups of people are actually people. But whatever it is, I remember vowing to myself in college that I never wanted to stop growing. Um, of course I've been st- stuck in my own life and been blinded by thing from things I needed to work on. But when I came out of it and I actually worked on my inner work again and put time and invested in myself, I continued to grow and transform more than ever. So as a counselor, this is so important. Um, I work with a lot of counselors. In as a supervisor, uh, I supervise counselors in Arizona, and I'm, I'm going to start supervising counselors in Michigan, and training people because I've learned as a counselor, I can't stop growing either. Every time I learn another skill in counseling, or I learn, or I work on myself, and I'm able to connect better with the people I'm working with, I end up not only helping the clients I work with. Um, I, I'm i able to help other people in my life or other counselors and that is so gratifying to me. I feel so good about that because just those little things we're doing and little things I'm learning, you can pass them on and then they can help, you know, your clients transform their life. Um, and sometimes in the, in a weird way, like I'll learn something new about philosophy or I'll learn a new counseling technique or I'll learn some way of, Working on myself, which eventually translates to my office, and um, I'll run into somebody who's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm dealing with this issue." For instance, um, I'm I'm a parent, and my young adult uh, won't leave my house, and they're taking all my money, and they're crossing my boundaries, and I just don't know what to do. And and in my life, and I'll be able to say, hey, "Oh my gosh, you know, I just read this book about this, or I know this person here, and here's a YouTube video, and here's a web page." And it's so odd how many times. Uh, people have come into my life wanting to know information or, oh my gosh, um, somebody I know is using drugs and I don't know what to do and I don't know what type of treatment's appropriate. And I can't give them clinical advice, but I can say, oh my gosh, I just learned about this thing here. Here's a resource. Here's a book. Here's a professional I know. And you can go get help. And people have come back to me and say, oh my God, you know, I could not believe that you knew that. And I was like, well, I didn't know that (laughs) my whole life. I just literally learned that two weeks ago. So as a counselor, I don't want to stop learning either, um, and growing because it's so important to keep up on what's new and just to expand your horizons past what you've done. Um, so a little bit about counseling counseling. I, I've heard people say is the only profession where the professional helps you get your life to where you want it to be. Um, they go in detail. You can tell your counselor things you wouldn't tell other people. Um, doctors and surgeons can help you with huge problems and thank goodness for them. And they can help you feel better. Um, uh, it, but they're not always known for being, you know, holistic, A uh, generalists, of course, very busy in their practices and specialists are specializing, you know, your foot, your ankle, your toe, your, your jaw, your lungs, your, you know, neurologist uh, counseling is holistic. Uh. Counselors, we're looking at psychological factors, you know, your mind, how you understand the world, how you think. We're looking at social factors. What's your environment like? Um, Where do you live? How's your family of origin? Do you have supportive friends in the community or not? Um, We're looking at biological factors. Are you getting enough sleep? Uh, Do you know how to manage your stress? Um, You know, we know things about how the body interacts with the mind. And so we can say, have you seen your doctor about thyroid issues or have you? Talk to your doctor about vitamin D or magnesium or other things that can affect mental health. Um, or you know, have you talked to your doctor about your eating habits and other preventative approaches or exercise? We, as counselors, are working on your entire life. We are trying to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Not to mention you. We are bound by confidentiality, and, and a good counselor. And if you've had a bad experience in counseling. That's, you know, we'll talk about that in another episode. You can email me. Um, but we are bound by confidentiality, and a good counselor will never judge you. Um, and so that should hopefully give you the space to talk about stuff you've never talked about and to get that out of you and get to get that processed. Um, as counselors, I believe, you know, we believe in the human potential, your ability to meet your goals, to become the best version of yourself, to help you find a relationship that is fulfilling, a job, that uh is gratifying a sense of contentment in your life or whatever you want i you know we want to help you get there uh we have specialized training techniques skills and knowledge and experience of helping others um as i said i think earlier i've been engaged as a profession as a licensed counselor for over 10 years i started out in illinois in chicago working there for a while then um my wife uh, was here for medical school in arizona we've been here about about almost eight or nine years now and uh, now we're transitioning to opening a counseling office and moving permanently to the state of Michigan and the city of Grand Rapids uh, which is a huge change so I'm in the middle of a transition myself Um, so there's this quote I like um, when I'm talking about transformation and counseling and all of these things we don't always have the right answer right away and we don't always get the results we want right away but persistence is important Calvin Coolidge uh, was the thirtieth president of the United States. He said nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsense- nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination are omnipotent the slogan press on has solved and will always solve the problems of the human race and i i do believe persistence because sometimes you don't know what's going on and you and it takes a while to understand it so when someone is coming to me they're anxious they're depressed or suffering from post traumatic stress disorder or even afflicted with a substance use issue and they are so quote in it that many times their mind literally believes there's no way out that's a symptom um, and they don't know what they don't know and they think that this is their life and this is how it always will be, which is, of course, another symptom, um, people will tell them, keep your head up. It gets better. Just try harder. Uh, you should go to church. Uh, you should join a gym. You should read this book. Take this supplement I'm taking for my diet or whatever. But that that sort of advice people get from their friends or, or people that aren't willing to go into the, into the depths of them It sounds totally ridiculous to the person suffering. Uh, But then again, you wouldn't know that your life could change if you've never been to counseling or you've never experienced a healing relationship and most people just have been judging you in your life. In one of the next episodes, I'll discuss that counseling works for most people. And I'll just quote this real quick. In a large meta-analysis of 10,000 studies in counseling, the research demonstrated that there were two groups of people with similar problems. Those who receive counseling will be better off than 79% of those who do not receive counseling. That's of course, Wampold in 2001. It's an enormous effect size. Uh, in fact, with an effective therapist, another uh, study, science has shown that psychotherapy, also known as counseling, works even better in the long term and is more enduring than medication. That's from Brownwell and Kelly in the Monitor on Psychology from 2011. So we know counseling works. and I want to tell you, in case that you need to see a professional, um, that it's important that you do see a professional and don't rely on a podcast or a website or a book or whatever. Uh, but maybe you aren't suffering that bad, but you just feel stuck in your town, in your life, in your job, your relationship, and you just want to change something and you're just tired of the mundane and and feeling like life is this boring gray thing and you just you know earn a paycheck and do whatever. Uh, Counseling can help you too. Uh, counseling can help you find, you know, mo- you know, locate the emotional, psychological, social barriers that you're not even aware of and work with you to move past those and to excel in whatever you want or change um, into a different situation. I've worked with, uh, you know, business people, creative artists, writers, entrepreneurs, and I've I love working with them. Uh, because they're usually really motivated people and they're highly successful, but there's these little things, whether it's a, you know, a relationship or a personal issue, that are causing them to feel stuck and they feel like they can't get to that next level or goal because this sort of thing keeps happening every time, and uh, you know, it's getting in the way. And I love working with them uh, using various methods, sometimes EMDR counseling and mindfulness help them identify those so they can really um be where they want to be um so let's see here as we're talking about this you know everyone has a story you have a story and a lot of times people believe that their story is done that this chapter is the final chapter um this relationship breakup my life is over um since the war i'll never i'll never be able to uh, love again um i'll never get a good job i will always be this loser i'll never learn i'll never lose weight um i am always going to be anxious i'll never sleep well um but that's 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 a story and that's when you're stuck in your story so if you want to transform it's important to get uh counseling and professional help um and to learn to be more intentional and to and to do these things, you can do these things. The mind can change. The mind is resilient. I have seen thousands of people transform completely. I've seen people meet their goals. I've seen people telling themselves all sorts of stories. Um, I've seen people that didn't know what their story was. They were just confused. They had some sort of trauma um, from childhood. And they were beaten and abused and didn't know why they didn't feel good. And they kept going to the emergency room and... Uh, through knowing their story, they were able to just overcome and develop coping skills and resiliency and be able to get the kind of life they want, find a job, find a partner. Um, I've worked with people with uh, crippling social anxiety that never thought they'd be able to make friends or even try new things or try new foods or get out of the house and And worked with them. Uh, I've got a lot of expertise in social anxiety, but just working with them and, and teaching them things. And then the next thing you know, they're doing like performance art and different things like that. It's amazing. I've worked with people who've been through car accidents that had thought they'd never drive again. Um, using, we'll talk about that in a future episode, EMDR therapy, helping them overcome their traumatic experience. Um, I've heard, I've worked with people that felt trapped in their family story um, and dealing with this inner secret that they can't tell anybody. And, uh, finding a way to break out of that and be able to talk to their family of origin and to work things out or to even just at least make peace with the fact that they can't work out. I've worked with people that never thought they'd ever be able to have relationships. Um, I've worked with people that were in these jobs with the golden handcuffs. You know, everyone knows those jobs, the golden handcuffs, can't leave, can't be yourself, got to lie, got to be a yes man and helping them, Um, either transform themselves and so their workplace had to take notice or finding a new job. Uh, I've worked with people in a constant state of anxiety and depression where they literally just did not know there was another way to think and feel and to get them out and help them over time. You know, sometimes it takes a while. Let's be honest. It depends on the level. Of course, you know, I didn't make this show very clinical, but how... How long something's been going on and and uh, how long the neurons have been wiring together in that way can really, you know, take a while sometimes, but it can, depending on how much investment people take, you know, when they're not in counseling, that's only one hour a week when they're, uh, you know, reading books and doing these other things, people can move out of these things fast. Um, I remember people that were, you know, in college or just out of college and thinking, oh my gosh, I am just stuck. I've got to continue with this major, or continue with this job. And uh, working through counseling, helping them have the courage to go, you know what, I don't like this. I want to do this with my life, and I'm going to do it. And everyone's telling them they're an idiot, and that they'll never have money, and they're not going to be successful. And then, lo and behold, years later, they are. And they're doing something that people did not think was a safe idea. Um Helping people learn how to be intentional who's lived chaotic lives and people that have lived in rigidity, learning how to be living in the flow Um, instead of feeling rigid and in the same routine to get break out of that. And for people that don't have a routine at all and are just all over the place, learning how to be intentional with their time so that they can do what they want to do. And other people, you know, some doctors will tell you, oh, yeah, you're this diagnosis, that's who you are, so here's this drug and you have to take this for the rest of your life. And, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I can't say in some cases that isn't true, but what in the world is recovery for? What in the world are these medications for? Uh, Medications are a tool, and um, I don't believe people have to depend on drugs forever to feel better. Um, The brain can change, and the brain can even become resistant to the drugs, so you have to up the dose. So. I've seen people I've worked with, and I'm I'm not doing their medication, but I've seen people I've worked with get off medication completely and never go back. Um, somebody I remember was told uh, that they were this bipolar diagnosis at a young age. I believe they were misdiagnosed, and they thought this for years, that they were bipolar, and I diagnosed them with something different, and... They were so scared to get off their meds, but they worked with their psychiatrist to get off the meds because the, they got to a new psychiatrist who said, I don't really see those symptoms either. Uh, I just see depression. And then I remember this person totally got off meds and i they've been off meds for years now. And they've never gone back and have never had a manic episode or even a depressive episode. Not that they haven't had some depression, but they've been really thriving. So just because somebody gave you a diagnosis does not mean you are cursed for life and that you are just doomed you can recover too. Okay. Um, so here's a little spiel, a little bit different as we're, as we're kind of getting to the tail end of this episode. Uh, people, it's not just about mental health. People are searching for meaning. We are all wanting meaning in our lives, even if we're not aware of it. Um, we can use words like depression, anxiety, apathy, stress, panic, uh, you know, no one wants to be labeled as depressed or anxious or having PTSD, but uh, people want to be treated like an individual person, not a mental health diagnosis. We want purpose. We want connection in our lives. We we don't want to be reduced to some sort of label. Um, I've got the tools. I've been working in years in this field and trying to get better to help you move from just surviving to thriving. Um, I want to help people no matter what their story is or where they are and... No matter if they're really suffering or they're having a fine time, I want to help you wherever you are and I'm not going to discriminate ever. Um, You can read some about my training and my experiences on my websites, paulkrauscounseling.com or healthforlifegr.com or counselingsupervisorgr.com, got a bunch of websites apparently. So, um, you know, as a counselor, it's important that we have a relationship with our patients and I'll talk about that soon, but there's this quote by Carl Rogers. I liked, he said, in my professional early years, I was asking the question, how can I treat or cure or change the person? Now I would phrase the question this way. How can I provide a relationship which this person may use for their own personal growth? So, um, a bit of a, a thing here you know, some people don't understand why they've had difficulties um, changing and transforming on their own. But I would argue that in the United States and in our education system, unless you went to some sort of great prep school, um, we aren't focusing on how to transform as a person. We're learning facts, and we're learning how to do things, and we're learning how to solve problems. But rarely are we even learning how to critically think anymore um you know i know that there's leadership academies and mindfulness in schools now but um i've been wondering where is the class that teaches you how to be a citizen how to be a good neighbor how to cultivate relationships how to overcome personal issues and shame and guilt how to learn how to deal with your parents i would love if we had a real applicable uh psychology or sociology course that was taught to students all across the country um, in every school Uh, but I'm I'll tell you I've never had that class and I don't know many people that have Um, whatever transformation you've gone through had to go through we had to go find it it wasn't a priority of our education system So I'm hoping that this podcast inspires you, if you haven't gone after that, to go seek it, to go seek wisdom and how to live, how to be here, how to learn, how to grow, to transform. So I believe that the work the counselors do with their clients and the work that all of you do in your relationships is a ripple effect. Um, When we empower a client as a counselor, they go out and do what they love and they go out and love the people they love and do good things in the world. We don't know how far that effect will go. And whoever you are, maybe in your profession, you have the ability to be the change and to affect people in a positive way. The more mindful and intentional we become about our thinking behaviors, we can change our lives. The more we seek transformation and we change our lives, the more we can go out and serve others. We can actually change parts of the world. We can become inspired to find out what our mission is. We are all part of this human story. and We can all learn to work and serve and change our corner of the world. Some are called to leave home and comfort and work far away in a distant place. I myself have lived in three different states long-term. Um, one of the states I've lived in was over 2,000 miles from where I was born. I spent time in different countries. I have the, had the opportunity through college to do that. And all of these moves and traveling in my life challenged me. Uh, life wasn't easy, and, but I had to learn to adapt, and I was forced out of my comfort zone. Uh, you really are when you get out of your hometown. Uh, But those experiences helped me grow as a person, but I'm not going to say you have to leave your home to grow or go travel or go to different states, Uh, but we have to find sources for learning, whether they be books or podcasts, education, journaling, going to a counselor to expand our horizons. Um, We do have to step out of our comfort zone in that way. Um, On this journey, journey of life, I've strived and learned and practiced and tried, but I've also failed so many times in the short term and I had to keep working to become a more intentional person and clinician Um, and you know part of that is what I'm trying to share with you and that's why I started this podcast and blog I've heard people say that they don't think they can ever change and don't think that counseling works well luckily there's overwhelming scientific evidence that counseling does work but if you tell someone that they're probably not going to listen to you and it's not going to convince them unless they actually experience it. So if you're in a situation thinking, you'll never change, it it sounds like you're speaking out of pain. Maybe you have a feeling of being stuck or despairing in life. And that's where that old adage becomes appropriate, you don't know what you don't know. Counseling process helps the unknown come forth and become known so that you can learn what to do with it. You can deal with it. You can deal with the things holding you back. You can deal with the despair. You can deal with the blocks. And remember, all that you see is not all that is. You may be looking at the world through a a certain lens. Counseling can help you clean that lens or change the lens so you can see a more vast and open reality. There's this quote I like by Robin Sharma. Change is hard at first, messy in the middle, and gorgeous at the end. And in my opinion, that's what's continually happening to us over and over again when we're working on ourselves. Just like the weather on earth has seasons, we continue to go through a cycle of our lives, part of ourselves dying off in the autumn or habits or changes, the beauty in the leaves as the die-off happens, hibernation in the winter, the darkness, a difficult period in your life, then that spontaneous growth of the spring season, and living comfortably through that sunny and warm part of the summer, of course inevitably on the way to another change in autumn. And just like that, the universe is constantly changing. Different planets are being formed in the stars far away. Other stars are exploding and uh, supernova and black holes are happening and disintegrating things. You know, back on planet Earth, rivers are flowing. Um, You know, animals are growing and dying and having babies. Uh, Trees and plants are growing and thriving. Um, So, you know, life is constantly changing. Uh, the universe is changing. The planet Earth is changing, and it's hard as a human. We want things to kind of stay the same. Sometimes we like normalcy. We like our habits. But um, if if we if we learn to be changing in our own lives and being aware of what's happening, um, and we adapt, we'll be in alignment with what's actually happening in our lives, which is also happening in nature, in the earth and the universe. So that's an interesting perspective to think about. Um, As we close, I wanted to kind of preview maybe some future episodes. I'm gonna be talking about uh, how counseling works. I'm gonna be interviewing someone on emotional eating. I'm going to be talking to somebody about anger and I'm gonna be talking to somebody about um, young adults and addiction and many other topics, depression, anxiety, mindfulness, all those things I named earlier, and just how to become more intentional. Um, I wanted to read a few quotes here about things because it's not just about the surface and mental health. It's about the deep parts of ourselves. This is by Marie Rainer Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unresolved in your heart and love the questions themselves. Like locked rooms and books that are written in a foreign tongue, do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you, because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. And so that's interesting. Um... I'm sure we could all reflect on that. For me, it means sometimes it's time to stop analyzing. It's time to be patient with ourselves and really try to live and live in the question and then trust that we will find the answer. i to share with you another couple quotes. This is from an unpublished book uh, by my mentor, and friend Brian Sabatino, who runs Inner Work Counseling in Tempe, Arizona, and he wrote, "We're all in recovery from something: subtle neglect, dramatic trauma, abandonment, enmeshment, emotional abuse, depression, sexual abuse, anxiety, physical abuse, eating disorder, substance abuse, observing domestic violence, and so on." There are numerous other examples. No one goes through life unwounded in some way. <clears throat> But what is it that we are trying to recover? Ultimately, I believe, we are trying to recover the essence of who we really are. Call it our soul or spirit or life force, our true nature, our identity or humanity. Whatever we call it, we got lost in our pain. But that's what I believe. What do you believe? That's what really matters. However you think of it for yourself is where your inner strength and beauty lies. And no matter what you call it, it takes a great deal of persistence to get at it and get it back. And, man, I wish his book was published. (laughs) I guess you can just call up Inner Work Counseling in Tempe, Arizona and bother Brian. He'll send you a copy uh, for a small fee, I'm sure. Um, I wanted to leave you with that because I do believe it's all about, you know, becoming more human and really you know, being in that deep space too. It's not just about this mental health stuff. I've been reading lately this book, uh, Care of the Soul by Thomas More, who I knew about because I love James Hillman and I'd seen James Hillman speak uh, before he died and seen him lecture, who was amazing. And I love his work um, and Carl Jung's work, of course. Um, But I liked that Thomas More boldly talks about the soul and he brings that into modern medicine. And, um... You know, he doesn't have to use that in the kind of the religious sense, but he uses it in more of a global sense. You can read about it. Um, But he was talking about a list of certain things the soul needs. And I I liked this. Um, So I wanted to read it to you as we close. Uh, The soul needs a sense of home, deep friendship and casual friendliness. a, A poetic and metaphorical appreciation for words and images. Attention to night dreams, the fine arts, an intimate relationship with the natural world, acquaintance with animals, memory in the form of storytelling or keeping old buildings and objects that have meaning. We can do many more things to care for the soul, such as reconciling our sexuality and spirituality, caring for our children, finding work that we love, incorporating play and fun in everything we do, dealing effectively with loss and failure and inadequacies. And understanding that shadow is an important aspect of the soul. Of course, the shadow, which we'll get into in a future podcast, the dark side. That's kind of a short <laughs> piece of it. Um, but I, I loved that. Um, soul is more intimate, deep, and concrete. You care for your soul by keeping up your house, learning how to cook, playing s- sports or games, being around children, getting to know and love the region where you live. Soul allows you to become attached to the world, which is a kind of love. When the soul stirs, you feel things, both love and anger, and you have strong desires and even fears. You live life fully instead of skirting it with intellectualism or moralistic worries. Um, And of course, he does define soul here. I continue to accent the difference between soul and spirit, another ancient idea, but one that I learned most clearly from James Hillman. Spirit directs your attention to the cosmos and the planet, to huge ideas and vast adventures, to prayer and meditation and other spiritual practices, to a worldview and a philosophy of life, you know, or religion. Spirit expands your heart and mind, gives you vision and courage, and eventually leaves you with a strong sense of meaning and purpose. So he's kind of talking about the differences between spirit and soul. Um, And in best. In the best situations, it isn't easy to distinguish soul from spirit because both play important roles in everything we do. But making the distinction gives the deep soul its due. Spirit inspires while soul delves deep into the complexities of an issue. Spirit likes to have a planning meeting. Soul likes to have a long and deep conversation. Spirit sets goals. Soul plods along, going deeper all the way. Spirit prefers detachment while the soul sinks into its attachments to places people in home the two dimensions are both important and valuable you don't need to balance them because balance is too perfect a spirit idea wait <laughs> you don't need to balance them because balance is too perfect a spirit idea in the first place it's enough to give each what it wants and needs in the moment so thomas moore is talking about stuff that's super deep and I, I think you know it takes a lot of healing and time um depending on what you're afflicted with, to get to a place where you can really listen down there because there may be dark and negative messages coming into your mind. Um, And so, again, if you're needing counseling, uh, make sure you find a professional um, to help you heal and get to that point. And uh, if you're looking to know what I read, that book uh, was from part of the book The Care of the Soul by Thomas Moore. Uh, which is a great book I'm recommending to people I'm in the middle of reading it. And I will continue to talk about books and people and uh, things that inspire me uh, in this podcast um, as we go. So I just wanted to take a minute to thank everyone who listened to the podcast today. I appreciate your support. If you have any comments, you can leave them on this blog post or you can email me and you can get a hold of me at healthforlifegr.com or paulkrauscounseling.com and if you're in need of a counselor and you're not in Grand Rapids or Michigan uh, you can go to psychologytoday.com and check out counselors that way or just use the internet make sure they are licensed and I really appreciate your support if you're in need of a counseling supervisor I also do that you can go to counselingsupervisorgr.com and I'm excited to get into more topics coming up in the next few weeks. There will be uh, many interviews as well The recording you just listened to consists of the personal opinions of Paul Kraus, and while these are based upon literature he has read and his experience in the field of psychology, they should not be viewed as the definitive opinion on the subject. Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for treatment or any other advice or consulting. If you are in need of counseling or consulting or advice, don't hesitate to make an appointment with one of the local counselors in your area. If you're in the Grand Rapids area or in Michigan... You can make an appointment with Paul or one of his associates by emailing or calling the office. The information for this is on healthforlifegr.com or paulkrauscounseling.com. If you are in need of a counseling supervisor, you can go to counselingsupervisorgr.com. If you are in crisis, please call 911 or the National Suicide Prevention Line, 1-800-273-8255. All right, have a great day.